Hello, Knights of the Rolled Table. What you're about to listen to is a bonus episode in which we discuss a supplement to D&D called Ancestry and Culture, an Alternative to Race in 5e. It's from Arcanist Press. In this episode, we're going to talk about race as it exists in the Dungeons & Dragons universe and how that relates to problems of race in our own world. And I just thought it would be important to open up by saying, like, by no means are we holding ourselves up to be, you know, paragons of virtue, experts of social justice that are able to talk about these things in, the, you know, the perfect, well-thought-out way that you might want to. And I, I think that's important to share, because if everyone waits until you are a fully educated, well-spoken expert on a on a loaded topic that's difficult and important, well, that's a recipe to just never discuss those things. And if we never discuss those things in the kind of like awkward, difficult ways we might stumble over when we're talking about a sensitive topic, then that's exactly the recipe to allow things to be stuck where they are, to not advance, to not move forward, to not learn. And hopefully you'd agree with all of us that this is definitely a topic where we want to learn, we want to advance, we want to get better. We also want to have fun, and this is an entertaining, fun episode of us uh, hanging out and talking and uh, playing with this really fun supplement that really does nothing but add fun options to the game. So uh, we encourage you all to check it out and listen to this, and we hope you enjoy. We'd love to hear your feedback about it. Knights of the Rolled Table, and welcome to a very special episode, a bonus episode of Knights of the Rolled Table. We're going to be talking about a supplement we're going to incorporate into our game, our character, and it's called Ancestry and Culture, an alternative to race in 5e. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about why we think that's important and what it is and having a little fun creating a character that uses some of the options that this supplement gives us. To work with. So um, here with me to discuss today, we have Carlos and Jen and Chris and Jeff. How's everybody doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing, doing super good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's really uh, it's good. Like it's pretty good. I, mean, I think it's yeah. awesome. Doing can, yeah. Wait, can we do another take where we all talk at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Joining me, I have Carlos, we have Jen, we have Chris, we have Jeff. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. A, little a little strange in the world, world right, right now, now but yeah, we're good. good. We're good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> okay. All right. This is good to good? know. Quick check-in. Very efficient. <laughs> um, so we're actually, we're recording for the first time in a different format. We're just like recording a Zoom meeting. So I don't know how the audio quality is turning out, but we can see each other. Your faces look amazing, and I'm saying that out loud so that someone listening to this who has no idea what your faces look like will know that somewhere, somewhere, your your faces look great. You're creating the visual the picture. Yeah. where I will take a picture and post it. Well, anyway, let's talk about this thing. So, ancestry and culture and alternative to race in 5e. So, uh, we'll talk a little bit about why this is 
a good thing to like consider, know about, think about. And uh, this is one supplement that is available on the DMs Guild. There's a couple of others that do a similar thing. There's another one called An Elf and an Orc Had a Little Baby, Parentage and Upbringing in D&D. And it basically kind of breaks things down similar to ancestry and culture, unless it, except it calls it parenting and upbringing. And basically what this does is it replaces the concept of race in the game with two things, ancestry, which is things that you inherit from your parents, and culture, which is things that you absorb from where you grew up and the culture that you grew up in. Um, and there's a lot of good reasons to do that. Besides some important social justice kind of like advancement of society and culture reasons. It's also the supplement gives a lot of just fun options that really should, it's silly that they haven't existed in D and D specifically like there's half elves and there's half orcs. And that's like apparently the only two things that you can be half of for some reasons. Halflings aren't even a half of something. <laughs> They're just short. And so this basically gives you options to have your character be you know, to have two different parents from any sort of culture uh, or any sort of ancestry. And then in addition to an ancestry from two different parents, your character could possibly grow up in a different culture than either of those parents and gain abilities related to that culture, which just like vastly expands the character creation options. And we'll, we will, uh, towards the end of this episode, have Jen actually? Jen has actually not looked through this supplement, and so I did no homework. Yeah, so she's going to be our audience perspective person here. <laughs> so we're going to kind of explain it to her, and then have her create a character based Your on how this resident works. clueless player. Yeah. Any opening thoughts? Anybody wants to share about? Well, I think the timing of it is super relevant. I mean, obviously they were working on this before everything happened with Black Lives Matter and everything in this year. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I think there was a call from the community within uh, role-playing games in general where there needed to be a, a clearer, at least from a role-playing standpoint and from a rule standpoint, like how would you make that work? How would you make it fair? People have meshed cultures together. I, I did that with gravely mm -hmm. and we kind of worked something out you and i but but that was before this came out so this would have <laughs> this would have uh helped a lot yeah i mean that's what i find kind of interesting and cool about this particular supplement is it's the way it addresses the issue is basically exactly what we homebrewed with gravely with just chris and i talking about his idea that he wanted to be part halfling and part half orc yeah, I mean, there's a section at the very beginning that goes, like, why replace race with ancestry and culture, right? Mm -hmm. I did of, skim that, like, yeah. five minutes ago. I, I'm, I'm sure plenty of people don't need much of an explanation, but there's also plenty of people that kind of need a breakdown of, like, what exactly is problematic about mm -hmm. um, the way things currently are. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of where the, these kind of ideas of um, D and D um, races, you know, uh, comes from. It clearly has its root in like Tolkien. Uh, that's quickly approaching being like a hundred years ago that it was like <laughs> conceived as as a way of like organizing a fantasy world and um, presenting things, and ha having its roots in that. You know, the system that D and D itself being almost like what 40, 50 years old at this point. You know, ha having things that can update that. Be, being able to kind of like switch things up within that system now 
um, it, so that people don't necessarily have to homebrew. I kind of think of it as almost like um, if you do PC gaming, it's kind of like a mod, like installing mm-hmm. a mod into D&D. Um, so instead of you having to figure out, well, how can I turn everything in Dark Souls into hot dogs? Like someone creates that for you and you just like install <laughs> it and it's done. Uh, and, and this is kind of like um, reskinning Dark Souls with hot dogs, I think was my point. Um, <laughs> just, just as important, just as relevant to our current day in 2020. Um, <laughs> But, but more yeah. hot dogs, <laughs> more more hot dogs, I say. But uh, uh, yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily perfect. It's a very complicated subject. Um, but I, I, I think sort of like moving in the direction that this moves in is uh, definitely a positive. And uh, just from a sort of like mechanical perspective, actually brings up a lot of fun stuff that you can do by essentially like mixing and matching stuff together. So uh, so there's kind of two big reasons for like why to address this issue. One is like the diversity of like having a lot more fun character options, but also like race as a concept is uh, something that our culture is built on like handling race very, very badly. We live in a country here in the United States built on the foundation of slavery and when we talk about race, we tend to like get really awkward and bad and problematic things come up. And that definitely trickles down into the way that it's handled in D&D. So I'm going to read the supplement does a really nice job in just like a page or two of, uh, of kind of like capturing that issue and explaining it. And it even has some links. So I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs. Scientists and philosophers who study race reject the concept of race as a biological fact that discreetly individuates groups of people. Race is not a biological reality. Rather, it is a social concept constructed and employed differently at different times in history and in different places in the world. It is not like eye color, but like citizenship, something that is based in social relations and concepts, not biology. In other words, the concept of race as it has been used from at least the Enlightenment forward to the 20th century is frankly bankrupt. This is not to say there's no such thing as ancestry, heritage, and genetic difference, of course, Indeed, our genetics are real, but they are a function of our individual ancestry, not our race. What folks call racial differences simply do not map cleanly onto anything in our biology as simplistic as the concept of race. What's more, that concept in the real world has been used to justify historic atrocities. Indeed, racists still use these bogus faux scientific justifications to support their prejudice. Because these harmful concepts have no place in our world, they need not be in the stories we tell with our friends either. Now, the essay has to be three pages, <laughs> double-spaced, and I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Response. Compare and contrast. Yeah, I mean, so the notion of, it's kind of a startling notion for a lot of people that, like, race is really not, like, a biological thing. The way we categorize race is not something you can, like, go into people's DNA and and see like eye color. Uh, but Zach, 23andMe says that I am obviously- That's ancestry, Jen. That's what it will tell you. It'll tell you where your people are from, but it does not map onto race, which is something, you know, if that's an interesting concept to you, you can get into that and research in general. But basically the idea of race, like basically has been used to primarily justify like the way we con- conceptualize race basically like pops up in writing around the time Europeans who were supposed to be Christian were kidnapping people from Africa and then selling them to colonizers in America. And they had to come up with a way to kind of justify why that was okay for Christian people to do. And they started talking about this notion of like, well, this race is inferior. And 
Uh, that's the same narrative that gets used to justify genocides. It gets used to justify wars with other people. It just gets used in not great ways. And that the takes us. The supplement also does a good job of pointing out that, like, that's also done in the case of, like, orcs in the fantasy setting yeah. of, like, mm-hmm. uh, these are basically people, but it's okay to kill these people that essentially look or essentially function as humans, have the same thought processes as humans, but, like, uh, they're, they're bad. So, therefore, mm-hmm. like, it's good. It's the right, it's the good kind of genocide. Yeah, that's exactly where it plays into why we're talking about this in a D&D game is. It's basically kind of like lazy story writing that comes up all the time of saying like, I don't want to kind of go into justifying why it's okay for my characters to fight these people. So, you know what? Just all these people are bad. Here's some goblins and you know that goblins are evil no matter what. So go ahead and slaughter them. That's basically the same thing that has been used in real history. And that's why it's not a great thing to be. One, like I said, kind of lazy story you're telling and also not a thing you want to be reflecting in, in the real world. So the next section on page five of the supplement, it, it says race matters and fantasy. And it brings up a good point about like, they're not really races, they're species. And why, why wouldn't in the player's handbook or, you know, the Pathfinder core rule book, like why wouldn't they say, here are the species that you choose from? Well, I think that's the real thing. Cause like in, in, in this universe where, apparently they can like mate and you can have half elves and half orcs and things like that's that's like the def that's like the scientific definition of not a species like oh they have like they're compatible and they can have babies so really they're all one species jeff was talking <laughs> earlier about the notion of like uh dnd let's call it dnd dna we don't really need to get into the genetics of all of this um <laughs> but uh you know we want to we want to just embrace the fun what i like about some of the supplements especially in the second one where it gets into some weird creatures and how you can have a character that has been descended from oozes or uh tarasque or whatever mm-hmm. like and they're like wait a second how does the tarasque melt mate with an elf or like that's they give a little suggestion, which I thought is kind of cool for each one. Like wizards were experimenting with oozes. I was reading the ooze one. I was like, how does that work? <laughs> and they said like that they were cursed and the wizards became these ooze creatures. And then their descendants throughout time now have these like humanoid ooze features, which I was like, okay. In a game that has magic spells and people can conjure storms and there's, you know, walking owl creatures and gods and giants like the notion of like well i don't know how biologically the genetics of this and this could work is like it's dumb it's a magical world and and like you know it's it's just never ever gonna be that logic based which is why i think it's a more important notion to be embracing i mean what's what's really the important thing to take into account is not the fantasy logic of our magical universe it's being inclusive with the people around your table and you know four white men sitting around a table coming up with like what their universe is going to be is very likely to like channel the same like culture of white supremacy that works real well for me as a straight white male but you know somebody else who's being included at your table who is not a straight white male might really feel a lot louder than I might not even notice something that that person is recognizing like, oh, this narrative that I'm being asked to participate in is basically the one that was used to like assault all my ancestors. And I'm not really having as much fun in this game as these people are. 
so like you know recognizing that and being inclusive really about those real world concepts is, is really really important assuming you have your part of your culture of your table is to be inclusive and welcome as many people as possible so what does it do how does it work so basically um i think what they really went out of their way to do in this supplement is and part of why i like it is if you just want to play from the player's handbook and you want to play an elf that had two elf parents and grew up in an elf society you don't have to change anything you don't have to change anything about your character so this really just adds options it adds more ideas creates a more diverse world and, and gives you options to explore of like oh my elf had elf parents but then he grew up with dwarves and that's where he or learned blacksmithing or or whatever but, but if you but if you did want to play just elf you know you could say instead of the elf racial trait you would say elf ancestral trait hmm. and that that would be things like the age size hmm. speed uh dark vision you know like stuff like that uh and then you would have elf cultural traits which is like what you gathered from being raised as an elf and certain tendencies and certain languages and uh, abilities and things like that being raised by elves yeah right? so that is so, that is the one thing that you would change is basically just switch out the word race for terminology ancestry and or culture depending on what it was yeah. so ancestry being things that things that are like reasonably you would inherit from your parents eye color height uh, like the age, age range, things like that. And culture is things that you would more absorb, like skills and ideas that you would absorb from your culture growing up. So Zach. Yes. If we were to create Gravely using mm -hmm. this uh, supplement, it would be something like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be something like he would have orcish ancestral traits, but be uh, raised with halfling cultural traits. Yeah, right. well, it would so actually he has, be orcish, orcish and halfling ancestral traits, mm -hmm, and then yeah. raised raises a halfling because he have a he has a halfling parent and a orc parent or half orc, right. orc parent. We didn't really clarify. So yeah. yeah, so you would mix and match the ancestry traits from halfling and half orc, and then because he he grew up with halflings, right? Yeah. So then his cultural traits you would lean into halfling. Okay. Um, and I think this particular supplement doesn't get into, like you could get into kind of details of like, we're going to like, you know, give like a point value to each ancestral trait so that you can try to do balance. And they don't really do too much in this supplement to do that. You can kind of mix and match and just decide and sort of balance out um, which is which. Um, and so actually thinking back to when we did that with Gravely, I think one thing just talking to Chris about what he wanted and what he envisioned and just trying to keep some balance. I remember specifically, I think of all the like half orc and halfling traits that are in there, I think the most powerful for me is the lucky trait of right. halfling. And so <laughs> yeah. he was willing to give that up because I think partially because like gravely being a little bit inherently unlucky was sort of central to the character. And so if he was willing to dump out that really powerful trait i was very very open to like whatever you want to take from the yeah. work side of things i think i kept um halfling nimbleness like where mm -hmm. you can dodge between people that are bigger and then from orcs i took like relentless endurance or something which he's never used but <laughs> but yeah it's it it seems like very similar to what what we did with him mm-hmm 
Yeah. So there is one thing that is, I think, big in this kind of like cultural discussion is ability scores. Ability scores being attached to race is an easily problematic thing. And it's called a word to describe that is bioessentialism. And especially when you're tying things to like, oh, this race is uh, very intelligent, whereas this race has lower intelligence, but they're good at strength. Like that ties really right into like, the narrative that's been used in history to justify why these people should own these people and et cetera, et cetera. So especially in, I think in Volo's guide, there's the so-called monstrous races. There's rules for like bugbear and goblin. And for those races specifically, some of the ability scores are negative. And that really, that's a, that's a big point for a lot of people looking at like, those are the exact races that like map easily onto like, oh sure. Like not only do you in your game have like, drow that are always evil and they happen to have dark skin or orcs that are always evil and they're this like savage narrative but also like some of these specific monstrous characters have negative traits that's relatively problematic and the way they they address that in this supplement is um, tying ability scores not to the ancestry side but to the cultural side and that's you know kind of on the notion that like yeah if your culture basically sends everybody to military school throughout their youth it makes sense that they might have a little bit more strength and constitution on average if your culture sends everybody to study in the library they might be smarter but there's right. also both, both spartans and athenians yeah. were greek right like <laughs> it's much. just like a hundred percent the culture was uh, widely different mm -hmm. but there's also kind of like a subset of like if you want to just like throw out ability scores and just kind of like through your own narrative justify my character has plus two in this because my character has plus two intelligence because his dad was the bookkeeper the scholar of the orc tribe that's fine um there's a, there's an appendix and it basically says like if you just want to take plus two in whatever you want plus one in whatever you want that's fine and and i like that i kind of lean that way of like it's all about like creating a character that like you can justify in your narrative. And this is how this character grew up. And I think that's all, that's all good. I would lean more that way, but I think the way they like, the reason they do it that way is again, leaning back into, it's not forcing anybody to change anything. It's only this supple, whole supplement is only adding, adding options to what you can do. To me, I think what this is like most powerful in doing is like increasing the longevity of how long you want to spend in this world. Cause it is true. Like, I think you kind of reach, at least for me in my journey of like um, enjoying fantasy is like you reach a certain point where you begin to kind of learn about, um, oh wait, this is the, these are the people who made up these things. And like, here's why they're like actually super problematic. And then once you kind of get that door open, it's like, oh yeah, this is all trash. This is all horrible uh like assumptions built on top of assumptions and built on like this horrible thing it's like well i don't really want to it's it's hard to stay engaged in a world that um once you see it so so surface level and so mm. um uh devoid of like real personality and character that like oh yeah it gets harder to like be really um involved in it for a long time and obviously for us having to do a podcast with mm -hmm. uh the same people over a long period of time with these stories like it's this terrible it's just <laughs> i again want to emphasize this is not a good idea i am against the podcast i am against this <laughs> this uh this idea i've been against it from the start and i've been on record um for being against this from the start noted and <laughs> 
<laughs> as as the DM for season four, uh, <laughs> my intent is to end it all. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, World ending events. Episode one, meteor hits you. Everybody <laughs> dies. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. End of podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, I think it just increases the longevity of like um, curiosity and building of this world because then it's like, oh yes, these are rich. These are like actual, um, this is like a real world that exists. Mm. You can imagine it a little more complexly, you know, as benefiting, imagining the real world very complexly and the very complex ways that real people in this real world interact with each other, having the same opportunity to do that with a set of rules in D and D is also adds the hmm. to the complexity of it, and I think allows it to really have longevity. Yeah, I mean, an interesting angle on a role playing game as opposed to like a book or a movie that you like reread and realize is kind of dated. Like reading The Hobbit and realize there's not a single female character in all of The Hobbit, which just blows my oh, mind. Thanks. Role-playing games, like, you're making up your own world, which means, one, like, if there's stuff you don't like in the game, just throw it out and do something else. But also, like, in creating your own world, your own blind spots, your own biases, your own prejudices are bound to, like, populate your world, too. So it's important, especially if you want to be inclusive to people you're playing with, to really, like, challenge that and be intentional. It's interesting that, like, essentially in D&D, there's, like, a spectrum where where uh, it's sort of like on one end of the spectrum is the storytelling and on the other end of the spectrum is the systems mm-hmm. and you know D&D is is a it's 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 a board game more so than a video game right and video games have very rigid systems right you can't do anything in the game that the game's not programmed to accept as mm-hmm. input or as interaction like outside of like glitches or bugs or whatever right um but there's there's sort of like a stringent um scaffolding and construction to everything and in D, plenty of people can lean in that direction you can you can sort of um decide to be very stringent with your systems and how the rules work mm-hmm. the rules uh de- definitely uh make that possible to do but plenty of people like to lean further into the storytelling aspect and um sort of either bend ignore or just completely come up with their own rules as they go along and and so I, I i feel like i feel like this is a good solution for people on other end of the either end of the spectrum right where sort of the sometimes the difficulty when you're very storytelling focused is uh to to stop prevent things from becoming a uh, calvin ball you know just mm-hmm. just complete chaos and anyone can come up with like any sort of bending of the rule or or new thing at a moment's notice and you just kind of like roll with it um it's i'm sure the some formula people for customization right right um and i'm sure plenty of people might enjoy that chaos but a lot of people kind of like want at least some semblance of order even if you're leaning very much uh story focused whereas like people who are who are very like systems focused can can use this as uh like the framework that again slots in um into the system that already exists without breaking it but just adding sort of like additional options and and uh, a, a different way to like think and approach it and you don't have to like sit by yourself in the basement for hours and hours coming up with how exactly you're going to tweak the systems already like uh, uh in there to 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 make it happen yeah well said and then we should say mechanically so if you're if you've downloaded the Ancestry and Culture Supplement and you're kind of following along, the first 
five or six pages kind of just talks about what it's about. And then it talks about um, some of the main ancestries from the player's handbook. And then around page 26, it, and this, this was a little hard for me to find at first, but because it, it's just immediately after tiefling, it says mix ancestry and diverse culture. So that kind of goes into how to, if you want to pick from more than one ancestry and background, um, like how to do it for each kind of stat, like age, size, different things, and like how to balance it out. So th the mechanics are not just at the beginning, they're kind of throughout this. Um, but that little middle section around page 26, 27 explains how you can do that with ability scores and things like that for, for mixing, if you want to mix. Yeah, the supplement that you can download from DMs Guild, I think is like $10, you get a PDF. And it actually also includes two like modules, like play adventures that you can play that kind of lean into the ancestries and culture concept. Just have everybody in your group, you know, pitch in $2 or $2, whatever yeah. and, and go for it. You know, I mean, this is something that's good for, for everybody involved. It's from a company called Arcanist Press, um, who are very accessible. I've chatted with the guy, the main like author on uh, Twitter about it. And then they have some other supplements to add on to it. And uh, I bought one of those called More Ancestries and Cultures. There's two of these. There's like, I forget what the other one is called, but it's the same thing, which is just a bunch of pretty weird out there ancestries and cultures to add to your game. So I specifically bought this one, more ancestries of and cultures because I think the other one is custom ancestries and culture, but this one is specific to characters that might be from like other planes. And I figured since our main kind of our uh, podcast narrative involved people coming over from other planes that might have some interesting ideas. So my character, a character that I'm playing in season four coming up is actually a Phoenix born. And mm. that's, that's one of the spoilers cultures. I know tune in. Um, that's one of the, it's more of a teaser. <laughs> so Phoenix born. And the notion is that he was one of Charcanderus's troops, soldiers, and from Sindel's culture. And he basically got left in our world and he's trolling around looking for something to do. And so, yeah. And I'm looking at this list and there's stuff like, you know, blink dog, Naga, yeah. owlbear, uh, scorpion, sphinxes, Tarask, you know, unicorn. And not necessarily saying that my father was a blink dog and my mother was mm -hmm. or whatever. some sort of aspect is pulled from that. And, you know, however it happened, um, <laughs> genetics or magic or whatever it, but but that's kind of cool Science. to think like you can have a, a humanoid that has this blink dog kind of aspect or or etins or gargoyles but it's in a playable character and that just opens up a whole other role play possibilities yeah the uh the the main supplement has all of the characters that are in the all of the ancestries and cultures of the races that are in the player's handbook and the other supplements have these other things. So we're going to look at this second supplement, more ancestries and culture. So we're going to have Jen make a character using kind of the rules here. And uh, we're going to randomly select one of the ancestries and cultures for each of us, me, Chris, Carlos, and Jeff. And each of us is going to like read over that real quick and kind of pitch to Jen why she might want to incorporate some parts about I told you what I want, Zach. <laughs> I want this done in the style of the Bachelorette. Yes. <laughs> you each can you can you can make your case to me, and then the next one has to say, "Excuse me, can I cut in?" And like, and then you can make your case to me. 
uh, excuse me, I have to go change into my cocktail attire. And then some uh, of, somebody, three of us get roses and one of us go home. So, yeah. so because myself, we're being Carlos, super progressive and Jeff are today. pitching and, and, and Zach is the host? No, I'm pitching too because she oh. needs, she can pick up to three. She can have two parents and a culture. You could actually mix and match culture too, but we're all going to do it. So, you have and to I, trust in the process, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. no, that's I, part of this I just didn't know what the process was. So we're going to do it randomly. I'm going to roll a d20 and I'm going to count down from there. I rolled a three. So first person is going to, I'm going to assign it. Uh, Chris, you are going to sell her on the concept of an aster. So I'm going to roll another aster, d20. Aster, even newer. <laughs> count down from there. I rolled a 10. We're going to skip over the hereborn, blink dog, bullet folk, Centaur, Cephalid, the Combined, Davin, Jin Blessed, Dryder, and Earthborn. Carlos, you're going to pitch Jen on the concept of the Earthborn. Now mm. we're going to go for Jeff. Here we go. I rolled another 10, so I'm going to count down 10 from Earthborn. We're going to skip over Afridi Touched, Fey and Shadow Elves, Aaron Yessi, Etten Folk, Flesh Construct, Gargoyle, Gobler. Collaborations, harpies, hobgoblins, kraken folk, and it's kraken folk. All right, Jeff, you are assigned to kraken folk. You're going to pitch her on the wonder and beauty of the kraken folk, and now we'll do mine. Oh, I rolled a two. So we're going to skip over Leonine, and I'm going to be a Lashan. We'll probably pause briefly while we I'm study just, up on these. I'm just so excited to meet all of these ancestries and cultures that have come here for me. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, I know it sounds crazy, but I think here I can really find love. And, and, and you know, when that connection happens, it's real. And I, I'm here for all the right reasons. And I hope that these ancestries and cultures are here for the right reasons, too. I need to watch more Bachelor so I could be funny about the host. I mean, I legit could go put on an evening gown right now. I haven't gotten an excuse to wear a pretty dress in a long time, you guys. Hey, me neither. You should, and then we'll take a screen cap. I mean, I could. How much? How long do you guys need? Five minutes. All right. I'll be right back. So Jen has actually changed into an evening dress and earrings to fully like lean into the bachelor angle. Um, I'm having my moment, Zach. So Jen, while you were out, Chris's character was more or less like a Githyanki, which he has played before. So we wanted to change it up a little bit more. So we re-rolled, re we hit the jackpot. He is a psilocybe. He's going to be pitching psilocybe, which is basically a mushroom person. Okay. So... Who would like to begin? Bachelor number one. Oh, yes. She calls on you. <laughs> uh, I can start. Mine is very straightforward. All right. Mm, this Carlos, is nice. You're up. Uh, hi, Bachelorette. Um, <laughs> I'm what you might describe as an earthborn. Now, you might be thinking, oh, salt of the earth? Nah, girl. We're, we're more of a, a gin descended, uh, right? I'm talking genies. Um, where we, we can be a little cranky. Uh, we can be a little set in our ways, but uh, I'll tell you, we're very sturdy people and uh, we believe strongly in tradition and magic because that's, 
that's what we're all about. You usually uh, we're, we're very earthen tones in the hair and skin and eyes. Um, we we tend to mature around the same uh, speed as humans. So you you ain't like elves where you live forever and you know that's depressing because everyone you know and love dies. Nah, we we die at the same time as our loved ones. It's great. It's oh, so romantic. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and you know what? If we're if we're going to a candlelight dinner, don't even worry about it because that dark vision I I can still see sixty feet away even in wow. candlelight. Yep. Turn off the candle. Doesn't even matter. And uh, you, you ever, you ever get worried of those Medusas, girl? <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it, because you are unpetrifiable, unpetrifiable when you were with the Earthborn. Wow, I love it when a culture and ancestry is strong like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of culture, you might be wondering, like, well, what are you all about? How, how do you, how do you, how do you raise uh, uh, your kids? And uh, caves. It's called caves and caverns. <laughs> all right. And you might think, oh no, I don't want to be stuck in there. But you know what? Things move at a slower pace down there. It's very, very kind of pastoral, rural communities. And some of the young uns, they want things to change. But the true wise old uh, earthborn, no, like keeping things the same, maybe, maybe it's a little bit better. So we, we, we can be, okay, we, we can be a little conservative, yeah, but let me tell you, your constitution score, woo, put two on that, baby. And your wisdom, put, put a little one right next to it. And if we're talking about elemental magic, if elemental <laughs> magic's your thing, you're going to want to check out the Earthborn because that's, that's what we're doing. We got some, some cantrips, throw that in there, third level, fifth level. You ever heard of a spell called Grease? Because we got no. that, all right? We got Greece. <laughs> and I'm sure you can what? think of a couple of ways we could, we could, we could I mean, uh, does make it involve John Travolta? Or... You know what? Maybe. Uh, I'll ask around the cavern and see if, uh, see if John's around. Um, and if you're wondering, hey, what's, what's the language of love with y'all Earthborn? It's common in Tehran, baby. Mm. Wow, Taren. you've given me a lot Taren. to think about. But I do hope that you'll accept this first impression, Rose, because... Hey. Sure. Us Earthborn are patient, so you take your time. You take your time. <laughs> Why do Earthborn know grease? What does grease do? You like lay out a bunch of grease and people slip on it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's essentially lube. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not Earthborn, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I can do Well, that. you earned that first impression, Rose. Hey, hey, hey. For all the, the Bachelor Nation fans that are listening to our podcast, because I know there's an overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge they will get the first impression. They'll get that reference. Yep. Thank you, Earthborn. I don't know what happened to Jeff. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Good God. I think he <laughs> might be getting a costume. <laughs> Let's go in order of weirdness. Because mine's not that weird. I don't want to follow this up. This is so nice that we finally people. get a time to like get to know each other. Oh, it's so great to talk to you finally. I've been looking forward to this to ever. I want to tell you about myself and my people. I'm a LaShawn. You probably recognize that from my blue skin and antlers. I'm very tall, obviously, seven to eight feet in height, mm-hmm. uh, weigh about 300 pounds, but you know, it's all in, it's all in height. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm all about the forest. We live to be old. I'm going to be around a long, long time, but you know what? I don't fully mature until I'm 50. So mm. It's no. like a lot of men that I know. Spend a lot, <laughs> spend a lot of youth. You know, uh, our, our, our people are blessed with fey ancestry. And we're also forest walkers. 
I have the magical ability to move through natural terrain more quietly than other creatures. My steps make no sound in the forest. Regardless of where we're moving across, I have advantage on stealth checks that rely on moving silently. But you know what? Let me tell you about our Lashawn culture. It's all about the forest, baby. Old growth forests, wild, untamed woodland clearings. That's where we like to hang out. You might walk through one of those woodland clearings, not even realize you walked through our village. That's how seamless we are with the forest. We got plus two to wisdom, plus one to constitution. And let me tell you about forest affinity. Basically, I can talk to animals and stuff. Wow, well, communication is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even with woodland beasts, I can communicate them with them through simple ideas if they're smaller, smaller. Mm. Finally, let me tell you about the wild hunt. LaShawn communities protect and revere the forests in which they dwell, but we're not pacifists. We embrace both the nurturing growth of the wood, but also its more violent predatory aspects as well. To commemorate the fullness of the environment in which we live, our communities conduct great hunts on special days like solstices, wow. equinoxes. You're me so much information. It feels like you're reading from a book. We got the solstice coming up and it's going to be off the hook. As part of these rituals, our community members learn to participate in the hunt. So I'm proficient in survival and simple weapons. Wow. Look me up, the LaShawn. LaShawn, wow. That, you, you've definitely given me a lot to think about. Thank I'm you, I'm wondering, LaShawn. looking back at this, if we're seven to eight feet with or without the horns. It's all about the art. All right, Jeff, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, <laughs> Missy. Now come over and talk to the Kraken folk. Because I tell you, we're derived from the Kraken itself. Deep from the bowels of the ocean blue, we clawed our way <laughs> out to the sea, and we look like half fish we do. <laughs> we're walking the fish people. You see these gills here? Yeah. I can like, breathe underwater. So just time out. So underwater. for our audio listeners, oh. so we definitely might post this. Jeff has embraced the cosplay. He's wearing a hood. He's got an eye patch on, which consists of a sticky note. He's uh, taped over his eye with an eye patch drawn on it. And uh, with, uh, when he turns his head, he's I made also, use of the supplies around me. He's also <laughs> created sticky note gills on his neck, so he's really like it's, it's really uncanny. Like, I'm really feeling a physical connection to the Kraken. <laughs> oh, it's very physical. We're very physical people. Let me tell you, as fish people will look at you. They say, what's that fish man up to? Oh, that fish woman. What are they doing on her? But let me tell you, the Kraken folk are proud. And uh, we get immunity to uh, taking uh, extra stats when we look on bravery. Because we're brave folk, the Kraken folk. We've been down to dive in deep. What are you called again? The, the Kraken what? Kraken folk. <laughs> We're the proud cracker. Oh, okay. My gills fell off. <laughs> oh, let me stick them back on. Let me stick my gills. <laughs> We're underwater, so you can see real far, lassie. You can see if I see the enemies coming. And, uh, oh, like I said, the secrets of the sea and build in your soul when you get take our culture and uh, we get the extra. We're strong. Drinking whiskey that we find in bottles down at the bottom. That's what we we dig them up and we drink them. They're still good. 
they're still good. We have a special straw that we can take. We just put a drink right from here, right from the. I gifts. don't think any of this is in that guide. <laughs> it is. It's all in the guide. You have to pay ten dollars to download it. Download it from Arcane Press. You've gone from Scottish to German now. It's that's, so good. That's another thing I had to tell about the. Oh, my gears keep falling off, but they won't. Oh, oh my God. if you like shocking grass, we got shocking grass too. So, uh, if, you're ready, if you're ready to take the plunge <laughs> into the deep, you call me for Krakenfolk. Krakenfolk! Right, thank you, Krakenfolk. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Remember to hydrate. Wow. I'm going back in the spa. Steamy. Wow. All right, our, our last our last contestant, Chris Daly, recommending the side side. <laughs> hey, babe. Chris found a filter to make himself look like a talking mushroom. I don't do that. <laughs> like a deleted scene from Kung Pao into the fist. Hey, babe. You Let know. me tell you about psilocybes, babe. <laughs> so we are fun guys. <laughs> First of all, he made it work. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst mushroom joke, but he made it work. Strong he open, Chris. Work. Continue. Uh, I mean, also, we might be a little short on the short side, but we know how to chill. In fact, we live in cool environments underground. And let me tell you, the land, it's abundant, baby. We got a lot of it. And we got like all the land you could talk about. We're really cool with nature too. You know what I'm saying? All right. See, like mm. the mushroom people, the the psilocybes, the myconoids, some people call us. You can call me whatever you want, baby. Just don't call oh. me late. <laughs> oh, <hey>. um, <laughs> listen, we are sentient mushroom creatures. All right. And we're down with talking plants, non-talking plants. In fact, if you're part of our culture, you can talk to plants. You know what I'm saying? Ah. All right. Ooh. Another thing you, you got to know is that when we're feeling low, we know how to go because we emit hallucinogenic spores. <laughs> <laughs> we might only be able to walk 25 feet, but don't let the size deceive you because mm. it's all in the head and, and the stem too as well. And also our children because I know we're going to have a bunch, mm. uh, mature very quickly, but we can live up to 50 years. So it's wow. all about longevity, baby. Yeah, 50 years is a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they grow up real quick, quick so, uh, so you don't have to worry about um, you know, any of that surly teenage phase when it comes to psilocybes. It's all about wisdom with the psilocybes. So we got wisdom, uh, wisdom score by two. And the uh, constitution, because if you're dishing it out, you got to know how to take it. So our constitution is a one. So, mm. hey, you want to hang with a fun guy? You got to <laughs> hang with the salicide. You, you did it again. Oh. You made it work twice. Wow. So that was quite the visual journey. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were. Ah. We will post like some visuals. That, of that. I feel like you had such a nice podcast planned, and then this happened. You know, like, it's about embracing diversity and culture, and just looking at it from every hey, angle. Hey, I got to wear a dress. Yeah, which is nice. So. so, speaking of which, it's that time of night where you have to make some decisions. Unfortunately, it's going to be hard for some people. You know, you can you can have two parents to choose from your ancestry, and you can decide what that 
what that future character, what culture. So we had the Earthborn, where you could live in caves with a bunch of Greeks. We had the Lashon, where you could you could have antlers and live in the forest. We had the Kraken folk, which was just like all kinds of weird ocean stuff or you could be or live with mushroom people so so what are you thinking what do you want to mix and match from this um i feel like (laughs) i feel like the oh this is so hard Mm. man so i feel like i'd like the uh culture and uh really just the gills are kind of what sold me on the kraken folk Mm. But I liked the ability to communicate with animals of the Lashon. Yeah. So I think those two, Thorn and Silopod. Silocybe. Silocybe. I'm sorry, but your time on The Bachelorette has ended. It's all right. It's all right. I know a couple roses. I know how it goes. But Lashon and Krakenfolk, will you accept this rose? Yeah. So what would just so let's see in terms of that. Right, let's see, I'll take that rose. <laughs> and now let's have sex yeah. in a mansion Beat with cameras no outside. Did I ruin the Bachelorette? That's what's your great. thing. You certainly didn't ruin D and D. It's too pliable. <laughs> it's gonna take more than me to ruin D and D. All right. So that's a little taste of ancestry and culture from Archimedes Press. Check it out. D&D, like, uh, core rules. I think the next book that's coming out, like, the D&D actual, like... Oh, yeah. So, the Coast book addresses... Tasha's... Tasha's Cauldron of something. Yeah, they're having... I don't know Tasha's what rules. Tasha's Cauldron of everything. Mm-hmm. So, they're actually addressing... They're adding some, like, rules to race in that. I don't know quite what they're going to do. But, like, in terms of, like, if the only thing you want is to, like, adjust this part of your game, expand this part of your game, like... Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro are, are doing fine. So, like, you know, I would prefer to throw my 10 bucks to one of these smaller presses. But that, that book coming up definitely has a lot of other cool stuff in it. So I might check that out, too. But I think it's good to know that the company D&D is kind of like embracing this, too, and, and growing and, and developing, even if they're a little bit a little bit behind the curve. So uh, any, any last thoughts? Anybody get a screenshot of Jeff's gills and... I, I did. I I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'll have this whole thing recorded. I think it will give a video <laughs> and audio, so I might Uh-oh. be able to just play. Oh, oh boy. Some I took a couple screenshots for uh, Instagram. Noise. Dude. I was going to say, like, I think it's it's definitely worth checking out if you are a podcast group or a new group and you just want to be able to be more inclusive and or be more diverse. Look into some options to play for your own characters or if you're a DM and you want to make up some interesting mixes of characters. Uh, this is this gives you some really good options and I hope we get more more stuff like this from Small Press and mm-hmm. Arcanist Press really did a great job and, and uh, it's it deserves a lot of attention. So definitely check it out. And I mean, I'll just chime in like as again, the person who did zero homework or research <laughs> um, and kind of to echo a little bit of what I think Carlos was presenting earlier, like as somebody who doesn't have that background and I know we've kind of done some homebrew stuff with like Chris's, you know, character having kind of a mixed uh, ancestry and stuff. Like Mm. that's a thing that I know for me, like I like some of the rules and structure. I don't always trust myself to homebrew because I'm scared that things are going to sway in one direction. And so Mm. this feels like a cool way to kind of have that roadmap 
to do that customization and 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 create something that's you know i mean how many times I, i'm sure jeff knows this feeling but you look at the the list of like the classic you know starting races and you're like um not another tiefling <laughs> I mean, they're fun, but like, you know, it's, so it's cool to be like, oh, like I could do something that, you know, I'm not just playing one archetype or whatever because mm -hmm. of the bump or the skill, you know, whatever that comes with it. So I think that's super cool. And, uh, you know, when and if we start rolling any new characters, uh, yeah. this is definitely something that I really would love to play with because it just kind of feels like a whole new world got opened up and i and i think that that's a good point is that we at knights of the roll table you know starting with zach's character we're going to start using these the terms of, of ancestry and culture as opposed to race and 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 start when we do roll new characters at least keep in mind um that these are options that we can have yeah. i don't know about if you're going to see any psilocybes anytime soon but <laughs> but uh, we'll see um, for anyone that's interested, if you go to drivethroughrpg.com, you can purchase it, but they also have a full 30 pages uh, that you can preview um, uh, and, and check out for yourself. That'll contain like the entire introduction and uh, part of the stuff that we read today, as well as like a couple of things. The, the, the main... Um, the, the sort of main supplement works with the races that are already already available through the player's guide. Um, it, 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 the, the sort of uh, second part of the podcast where we were pitching Jen on our ancestries and culture is more um, is from a second supplement called more ancestry and culture. But so if you want the, 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 the very first one um, contains stuff that's already sort of, it just restructures what you've already might be familiar with from the player's handbook and, then the additional supplement of more ancestry and culture is the one that contains like very fun uh, more than 40 uh, different varieties of ancestries and cultures giving you something to think about something to consider added to maybe added to your future role-playing game fun so take care of yourself take care of each other and make life an adventure whoop, whoop. And watch The Bachelorette it's wonderfully terrible so we're, we're not we're not advertising a network show <laughs> on our podcast can we restart season four and all these psilocybins <laughs> i want to be a mushroom poker. edit it in yeah.